Hey gang, it's Harold. I'm podcasting to you from the bunker. In the interest of distracting myself and my gaming friends, I'm reaching out to some interesting people to ask them what they're doing game-wise. With such a big time dividend, I want to hear what they're playing, designing, and thinking about. No CNN, no CNBC, just games. My production obsession will have to take a wait as I'm most interested in communicating with you rapidly and with some interesting content. This podcast documents a discussion I had with Trevor Just. Trevor uses games to teach his kids about history. I'm sure an ulterior motive is to create excellent future opponents. Hey, Harold. Hey, Trevor. How you doing, man? Good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for taking the time um but uh you know i'm I'm really just trying to talk to some friends about what they're doing during their time off here as it relates to games and the ground rules are no discussion of medical stuff, no political discussions, no financial markets discussion please and then uh <laughs> I just want to hear what you're what what you're planning on playing, have been playing, thinking about playing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So what do you got? Tell me tell me something. Good. So uh yeah, we we just got in. So uh as you know, I have uh two boys who are 10 and 8 and then a daughter who's 4. So now, um, I've I've never played games with your daughter, but your sons yeah. play like they're 40-year-old grognards. Yeah, they they definitely uh, can grok things quicker than than, <laughs> than even I could. It feels like so, yes. and they they tend to like the games that have some history. So that's awesome. I I picked up um, Jet Eagles recently, which is the kind of more modern ish airplane version of an Ace of Aces game. Oh wow! Just a booklet game where you flip pages and tell your opponent where you're going. Um, so I picked that up super cheap somewhere and uh, was playing that with the boys and then seeing them kind of playing it with each other while they're just sitting on the couch. And that lasted about three, four days. That's so good. that's that's back on the shelf now, but uh, they, they've asked about it a couple of times. That's great. Uh, that's a pretty cool idea. I, I always loved, uh, I loved the drama of Ace of Aces. Yeah, we picked it up because we were going to go to my wife and I were going to go to a business conference and the kids were going to come with us. So I was like, this is a game we could take. And literally, it's two booklets, just the basic game. They could sit, you know, on the the bed in the hotel and play with each other kind of thing. So, yeah, it's perfect. that was the original design. Um, I also just received uh, the new reprint of W1815, the, the Waterloo from the Finnish company. Yes. It is extremely basic, uh, but it is just amazing layout. I mean, you get five, six cards, and you just pick which uh, basically unit or division you want to use, and then attack the one across from you because they basically will target only one. Uh, The kids played that. They loved it. They played against each other. They they both – actually, Augustus, my younger one, the eight-year-old, he beat me. No surprise. Um, now, now that game has a particularly impressive, uh, just visual, right? 
Yeah, it's it's a beautiful layout with it, it there's no real complications with it. It's uh it's literally like I want to attack with this uh army and it'll explain kind of what the unit is. Uh the the map is for what it is is very nice to to look at. Uh and it's just sticks and a couple of dice and cards and I can't believe I sat here for a couple of days and I'm like, man, if you could take that and mix it with like Undaunted, you could have a super simplistic game. And I kind of went off on that tangent for a while, which of course got Undaunted back to the table. And I was like, oh, how could we use these? <laughs> so that just those, those things that you could play with, you know, an eight year old or a 10 year old and they get it right away. And then you can kind of talk about, you know, Napoleonic isn't, my area of expertise, but just talking about the real brief overview of it. So they kind of get an idea of what was going on. So, right now, do you, do you, yeah, just to take a slight diversion, do you mind sharing the boys' names? What are their first names? Yeah. So Leonidas is the oldest. He's 10. Uh, Augustus is eight. Uh, and then Madeline is four. She'll be five next month. Now, how did it, how did Madeline avoid the great Roman connections? <laughs> so uh, it it's actually family names. Um, I have a uh, a uh, uncle who was named uh, Leonidas. Uh, well, it was pronounced Leonidas, but uh, I was homeschooled all through school up until college, which is kind of funny because nowadays I'm semi-homeschooling the kids now and they're getting a taste of what it was like to have someone tell you what to do since the schools are closed. Um, but uh, when I was probably 13, 14, my parents were like, look, you you know what everything you need, so go study something. Pick a topic and, and study it. So I got really big into ancient history, Greek, Roman, um, and then I found out I had these family ties with names and then Augustus was, I had a family member on my mom's side who came over here and they were named Augustus and Augusta. So I liked that name. And then uh, Madeline was, is not a family name, but it originates from uh, Mary Magdalene. And that is kind of the, uh, the English uh, version of Mary Magdalene. So there you go. We like that. So that's kind of how kids get their their origins. That's great. Now, coincidentally, your favorite historic period is basically ancients, right? So at the time, I really loved the. And, and it's funny because uh, for ancients, I found versus now, kind of what I'm into with you know a lot of the World War II and Civil War. I kind of go back and forth. Um, ancients is you usually get one, maybe two sources, um, versus like something more, uh, closer our time, you'll get multiple sources. So if you want world war two, you can get kind of the Russian version of what world war two is going on or right. what was going on in Germany from the German view, um, versus ancients is you get one, right? So, uh, I was really into ancients. I liked what was all going on the the treachery at the top and the the almost mandatory military service and kind of who you know uh separated themselves from 
in those times. So yeah, I've liked the military history in general. And, uh, that was what I was into a few years ago. Well, certainly with, with, uh, with Leonidas and, and Augustus, I figured, uh, that would be the case. And it seems like I asked you once before and you told me that ancients were your thing, but so we've moved to world war two and civil war, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just kind of whatever, uh, especially with gaming now is whatever game kind of has uh, caught my fancy. And then I'll get into books or articles or uh, podcasts or whatnot on that topic. And a lot of times it's as I'm interested in it, I will also, uh, you know, expose it to the kids. So you, you could find, you know, YouTube videos or whatnot that are kid friendly about, World War Two, so it's very surface level at that time. Yes, absolutely. No, I do that too. Um, around the Bulge anniversary, I played Bitter Woods, and yep. then I played about six other Bulge games, including <laughs> yep. Simonich game and a host of others. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's ex- it's same pattern for me. I'll play one and then I'll just play five in a row. So one of the things that I've done with the kids, because as they're going through school, they get topics brought up to them and they're they're kind of at an age where they don't get a ton of history uh, that more like will very lightly brush over stuff. But um, I got the the game Freedom, the Underground Railroad from Academy Games. And every year uh, in February, we play that. I'll play them Martin Luther King's speech, play the game. And it's if for them it's it's a game, and then we kind of talk about, hey, what was all happening? Why was this happening? So it's uh, kind of a way to expose that without, you know, before they get it in school, where it's just like, here, Underground Railroad, and they'll get you know a week of what was happening, where there's a lot more in depth. So it's a, it's a great way to use games, especially with kids, where you know you can, like you were talking about with the bowl, just you can talk about kind of what was going on. So, yeah, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty powerful with that game in particular. And, uh, yeah. and a handful of emancipation oriented games that have come out since, um, you know, it's some very interesting studies of a time, uh, that, that deserve, that deserve the attention and, and are getting it in a serious fashion. So there was a, there was a game that was a, a print and play um, that got picked up by Jolly Roger. They're the ones who redid uh, Kremlin a few years ago. And I, I don't know if they are still planning on making it, but it was a game called Free at Last. And uh, I was a part of the play test for the design for uh, when it was going to be uh, published. And... So I have this prototype version of it and it, but the thing was is with that game is one person was, you know, these college kids going down into the South trying to get, you know, freedom. And then the other player was, you know, the, the governor of, you know, the States and the people trying to keep. So it was, it was not a co-op where you're trying your, everybody's the good guy it was one person was, and that was a, it was an interesting topic to play, but to play it was, it was hard. So, so yeah, it, it, with those, with those topics, it's hard to approach it with in a, in a gaming facet for sure. Right. I have, um, 
I have a student that is part of the UCSD board game club, and she came to me and said um, that she's taking her last quarter here at UC San Diego, but has really only one class she has to take for graduation. So she'd asked me if I was willing to do an independent study with her on social issues and board games. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the good news is we, 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 she made the application, I signed it and, uh, the Dean agreed that it was worthy study. And so she's going to pick out three games that address certain social issues. And I think freedom may be one of them. I'm not sure, uh, where she'll end up, but, uh, play them and write papers on them. So it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting exercise. I would love to see if, uh, you know, Uve, uh, if she does do the one on, um, uh, freedom, if, uh, Uve can get, cause you know, he has that teaching, um, pamphlet that go with that in 1775 and kind of as, as a classroom study, you can teach. And I, and I've used that with my kids. Um, that'd be funny if, uh, if she could get the, you know, kind of what you did as a, a study for that. So, cause I, I, I think that's one of the most important games that's come out, especially in the last like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and so, uh, kind of funny, I, I sent Uwe an email asking him if he'd do this little series with us and he said he would, but he said the next day he was getting hip replacement surgery. So, um, but you know, as tough as that guy is, I probably could call him while he's on the operating table and, uh, he would, he would relay to me with great enthusiasm, the five games he's playing right now. Absolutely. He's, his uh, love for just gaming and, and life in general is, is super enthusiastic. Anytime I get to listen to him on a podcast or video is just, it's, it's like a bonus. Yeah, he, he's the hardest working man in show business. I went yeah. to uh, Gen Con last year and walked by his booth a couple of times during you know the course of the four days. And he was teaching and communicating and excited and and uh, just an intensity level that I couldn't. Well, I certainly couldn't. Couldn't. I don't know that I could do it for an hour, much less four days in a row. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much uh, this whole isolation thing that's going on now is, is very much uh, for me. I'm like, you know, this is this is joy for me. I I, I love just having time on my time on my own. Having people around is is draining. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yeah. Agreed. So let's see. We've covered a couple games. Last was yeah eighteen fifteen, right? Yep. So what else? Uh, what else are you playing, or are you thinking about? So I got uh, about a year ago. Um, Victory Point Games was kind of going through stuff. Maybe a little less than a year ago, and I picked up uh, High Treason: The Trial of Louis Riel. And I heard it was an amazing uh, two-player game, and it was really the only court simulation uh, or game that was anywhere near uh, real. Um, so this this game is it's probably a 30-minute game, 30, 45 minutes, and it is around Louis Riel, who uh, 
I didn't know anything about. I, I got it for the game. So he was a gentleman in the 1850s-ish like, in Canada, and he really divided the country because as Canada moved west, they were split between the English Protestants and the Canadian Catholics, the French-Canadian Catholics, and uh, just how he got put on trial and he was the only, and this is all in the, the rules for it. He was the only capital, uh, trial where they only had six jurors. It was literally six jurors and that was it. Um, versus, you know, the game is played where there's 12 jurors and you go down to six. But uh, I played that with the kids. I kind of gave them the the brief overview. It was just fun kind of learning about a topic so they could kind of see me learning about a topic at the same time they were because I knew nothing about it. I, I only knew from like a quick video, and I forget even who talked about that. So have you played that one before, Harold? So I haven't played it, but I got to tell you, I've heard uh, rave reviews. Yeah. And uh, Alex Berry, does that sound right? The uh, the uh, designer. Yeah, yeah. So he's, I guess, he's a lawyer by trade from Canada who now practices in the U.S. So I don't know uh, what kind of games he's done before, but this the game is 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 very simple. Where the the first round you're trying to find out what the jurors are. Uh, kind of akin to whether they're pro-British, pro-French, uh, what their job is, etc. And then you're trying to eliminate some of them. Yeah, I've, I've heard great things about that. Now, the other thing that's kind of interesting related to that, uh, I, I just looked on BGG and I don't see any other games um, that this gentleman has, has authored yet. But... Uh, Alex Berry, but, but I, and you know, as a matter of fact, I bump into him all the time on Twitter. Um, now that I think about it, right. He's got an, he's got an icon, uh, photo with the, uh, with the, with the beanie, the, the Canadian armed services beanie, but he, um, it looks a little bit like Brian train. Um, but he, uh, so I talked to Steve at, at blue Panther games recently. And Steve said that they're publishing their first game. So Blue Panther prints and distributes Hollenspiel's games and someone else. I'm trying to think of who that is. I'm not going to do them justice by remembering. But at any rate, he said they're publishing their first game, and it's a game that Alex Berry's designing. So nice. if you like that, that's probably worth uh, watching for. Yeah, I met some of the guys that – from Blue Panther. I went out to Dice Tower West last year, so about a year ago exactly, and they were out there, super nice folks. And they come out, I think they're out in the West Coast because they they attend uh, Pacificon and Kublicon, which are local to me. So yeah, and it must be San Diego Historical local. Games Convention for that matter. Yeah. If you'd have that thing uh, around the Bay Area, <laughs> <laughs> San Diego so far. <laughs> well they have uh you know at, at some point i'm sure air travel will be easy and functional maybe a little less expensive so we'd love to uh, i know 
I can get round trip for twenty five dollars now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Love to love to see you down here. Maybe buy it. Buy your tickets early. Um, yeah. So so he's. Uh, it, it's interesting. So if you like his work, it might we might have an opportunity to see another uh, come come soon. And he he pointed to it. He had it set up, so it was already in proto. You know, it was a very nice prototype. But uh, I I can't remember the subject of that game. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of what uh, he comes up with. If it's a, a new trial and court game, or if it's something totally different. Right. So so, uh, so what else? What else are you thinking about? So a couple more. I'll just kind of go with games we've played. So um, my niece. So my wife is Vietnamese. She was born in Vietnam. Came here when she was about eleven. Um, my niece who is from Vietnam is over here living with us, uh, and attending high school here. So I have another member of my family here. Um, so she's working on her English and, and, you know, go over stuff with that, but she likes games and, you know, she played games back there, mainly card games, poker type games. So I broke out Azul with her, which not a war game, but, uh, you know, it's something that she and my wife got into and she played it probably three, four times with my wife. And now she's just addicted to it. She's playing with my kids. She's playing with my wife. We have a we have a live in nanny that she showed how to play that, too. So now they're playing it. So it's just kind of fun seeing, uh, you know, these little games that I just keep around because, you know, we have people over and, and super simple. That's a popular one in the Buchanan household for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's like 20 minutes and you could just go. Do you guys normally play with the regular side or the flip side where you can kind of create your own uh, mural per se? I'm, I'm scared of the flip side, so we play with the regular side. <laughs> we we played the regular side for the first three times and then I showed her the uh, flip side and it was just you could see her mind getting exploded. It was just like, whoa, this is totally, and that now she only plays that. So, no, that's a, a it's a good that's a good example too. This is a time where uh, where family gaming opportunities are uh, more available than normal, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, so kind of last one, and this is kind of my uh, my guilty pleasure. So I started playing Magic: The Gathering when in '94. So I got in when Unlimited started, uh, and I've showed my kids how to play this. And, and so we'll have usually my brother, who lives pretty close, come down, and we'll do kind of a four-player draft where we just pick three random packs, and I just happen to have a ton of packs from all over. And uh, the last three times we've done this, and we've done it every day for the last three days, uh, I have not beaten Augustus yet, and uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to say because I you know he'll draft and I let him do whatever when he drafts right, and he'll put together the deck for the most part, and then I kind of just overlook it and I'm just like, hey, you might want to try this or you know, and I, I let him decide, but I'm like, hey, you might want to do this, you might want to do that, but uh, man, there's just so much. It's funny seeing them start playing, and I was, I don't know, 14, 13, 14 when I started playing, and these guys are 8 and 10. I'm just like, man, this thing is still around. <laughs> yeah, 
the dimensions are extraordinary, right? It's just uh, so many, so many combinations and, uh, and so much strategy in, in the composition and uh, what you keep and what you don't in that draft. I love that format. Uh, you know, I, I didn't play Magic when everybody else started and only started recently when my brother started with his boys, very much like your boys. And so, you know, we, we started playing and, uh, you know, they've all become addicted to it. So whenever I go to Texas for a break, we, uh, we head to the game store for a draft. And, and if there's not a draft, my brother calls ahead and says, set up a draft for us. We, we're going to come and play. And yeah. uh, we just, we, it's, it's a terrific game and a terrific time. I, it's, it can't be, uh, underappreciated. It, yeah, it, uh. It definitely can keep, especially with all the, the kids home now, it just keeps everybody in pain for a couple hours. And it's uh, you're constantly engaged throughout the draft and even while playing and seeing what everybody else picks. So so that's kind of what we've played over the last uh, probably week and a half. I've been working from home for about uh, two weeks now. So um, it's uh, it sounds like fun. I wish I lived closer. I'd like to drop in on one or two of those drafts. I think I could. I could make a mark. We'll have to fly you up here, and uh, Bobby and I can get together. We'll do a three-player. Yeah, grab some be, friends. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, Trevor, thanks for taking the time to talk to me tonight, and uh, great talking to you. Uh, good health and and good times to you and your family. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, Harold. We'll see you soon, buddy. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. All right. You still there?